where are you living? Are you living like right in Toronto? Or are you living with family still? Or are you out on, out on your own now? Yeah, I'm living with uh, my family in the kind of North York area of Toronto. And right. I've been here for the last little while. And what was Toronto like growing up for you then? Were you in that area your whole life? Um, I've been living in the same area since I was born. But we kind of, my mom was from Alberta, so we would go spend our summers there pretty much. I really got to know my, she had a big family, so we'd right. spend, you know, a few months out there sort of thing. And then my grandfather back here, he actually has a place up north two hours out of the city in the Muskoka area. And he's got uh, 80 acres or so up there. So we used to go oh, spend wow. our other kind of part of the summer there, hanging out with him, going fishing, that sort of thing. So I kind of, you know, I spent a lot of time in Toronto, but I spent most of my time out there and kind of up near the cottage. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because I saw when I was doing the research that you spent a lot of time in those two places. So was it basically during the school year that you were home and then, you know, you were out the other parts of the year? Did you really have a place that felt like home? I feel like home for me is definitely Toronto. Like I, at least at this house, like I love coming here and being with my family, my brother, my sister, that sort of thing. So all my, my best memories of growing up would be here and kind of up North. It was only two hours away. So we go up on the weekend, that sort of thing. Those, those would be, that's home to me <laughs> kind of around this area. And I wanted to ask you about much music because I'm a bit older than you. And I kind of, uh, in my teens, it was sort of the much music glory days. And it meant a lot to musicians back then in that day. Um, but for you growing up in your teens, while well, you're still in your teens, but um, did it mean as much like back when you were in your early teens as maybe it did 10 years before that? Um, well, I, I was, I was never a much music kind of guy, Oh, okay. Um, but back, back when I was kind of growing up, my, my thing was, I would, I would watch a lot of old DVDs. So when I started playing guitar, my guitar teacher kind of taught me a lot of first song I ever learned was helpless by Neil Young. So I was learning, you know, a lot of Neil Young, a lot of the band. And I remember the, the first kind of my favorite thing to watch was it was the, the band did their last show and it's called the last waltz and it's on DVD it's one of my favorite concerts to watch. I used to watch that all the time. And there's this other in, uh, I forget what it was, but Neil Young did this show at Massey Hall and they recorded it and then they put it out, out on disc. And I had that. And I used to watch that all the time as well. Those two were like my favorite kind of like first introductions to like watching movie, watching music kind of. Oh, okay. kind of feeling, you know what I mean? And I wanted to ask you about the guitar because we'll get into the age of seven when you found your dad's guitar. But I saw a couple of pictures on social media with, I, I don't think they were your dad's guitar. They were a little flashier than uh, a dad's guitar would look like. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about that. And when your sort of love of guitar started, because there was one photo, it looked like you were maybe three or four and you were standing on the fireplace and you had a little colorful guitar. Oh, with the flames on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the flames was a different one. This, this one, you were even younger in the picture. And oh, okay. it just had a sort of colorful pattern on it. Oh, you know what? That might have been my brother had this little uh oh, it was like this toy guitar, and it wasn't it wasn't like a real guitar, it was like an electric guitar, and it looked real. It had six strings on it, but they weren't really like real strings. That might have been what it was. That thing was pretty cool. Oh, I remember okay. we lost that. We lost that. We took it, we took it to Edmonton, I think, and we lost it. <laughs> so do you remember back then, even with a toy guitar like that, being interested in it and sort of plucking oh, yeah. on it? 
Oh, I remember I I used to love guitars. I used to anywhere we go, my my parents used to love going and finding places, especially my mom. She used to love finding places that had live music and stuff. Oh, okay. So I would go and sit there. We'd find the closest table and I'd sit there and just stare at whoever was playing guitar and I watched the whole time. I used to I I remember doing that all the time. My grandfather actually played guitars and my aunt as well. So when we'd go out and family would all get together, he'd be ripping out the guitar and I'd be sitting there, you know, face to face with him, just sitting there and staring at his guitar. And you mentioned the flay, the guitar with the flames on it. That was another one I saw on social media. What was the story behind that one? Oh, that was like, that was my first guitar that was, you know, you could actually play some chords on it. It wasn't, wasn't like a great guitar or anything, but that was my first kind of real guitar that I would play. And I didn't actually, I never took lessons when I had that, but I learned a few chords and sort of played them over and over again. And then I finally got this little tiny, um, Yamaha guitar that was my first like real guitar and then I started playing non-stop after that and talk about that moment you found your dad's guitar at the age of seven sort of rummaging in the basement in the little storage area and do you remember the feeling you got was it just kind of a hey cool look at this thing or was it a real connection of oh wow I want to play this I really want to get to know how to do this oh I just kind of I found it and I kept it in the case and I would just kind of pluck on the strings, that sort of thing, kind of just play with it whenever I could. And I think I just kept doing it so much that people noticed. And then I started taking lessons, that sort of thing. Right. And what did your dad think? Cause he was the first one that taught you your three chords, right. To pluck away on it. Oh yeah. No, he, I, I cause I remember he was, uh, he actually showed me this song. It was helpless by Neil Young and he showed me the chords to that. So those were the first few kind of chords and, I think he loved it. He used to love, I used to do my guitar lessons in the kitchen, kitchen, right? Well, everyone was eating their dinner sort of thing. Everyone oh, would just nice. be quiet and it was the best spot for it. So I do them there and I think he used to love listening to them. So. And let's talk about your sort of musical influences. Cause you talk about your grandpa and your aunt who were very musical. And as far as your parents go, it was more listening to music, right? More than playing it. Your dad was a classic rock guy and it was your mom that kind of introduced the country to you um i would say so i my mom was from a family that listened to country music their whole lives i think and i mean she definitely brought that into the family i mm -hmm. kind of always listen to music especially now i always find music myself sort of i i listen to the radio a lot i i kind of find most of my music actually on youtube i'll watch videos after videos and <laughs> always kind of find new music that way but yeah i'd say my mom probably uh, introduced me to country music for sure. And growing up in Toronto, I can't imagine there was a huge presence of country growing up and especially with your dad being more classic rock. And I've heard you talk about sort of the copious amounts of albums he has of vinyl of classic rock. So what do you think it was about country music that had that pull for you, even though maybe it wasn't all that prevalent throughout your life? I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I I always just played it. I Every time I picked up the guitar, I kind of just played whatever I wanted to play. And it seemed to always be country music. So I think I just drifted towards it, you know. When did you start singing? Was it around the age of nine, eight, nine, where you sort of started to find your voice? Um, I think so. I think I was in, I remember being in about grade seven or something. And I sang at a, there was like a school show kind of thing that they put on. And I played a song. Uh, 
I don't remember. I think I would have been around like 10 years old or something like that. Uh, and yeah, I sung for the first time and people seemed to like it. So I kept doing it. I started to get shows around Toronto as much as I could. And I'm still doing it today. <laughs> and was it pretty natural for you when you started singing? Like, did you do it growing up just to the radio and stuff? Or was it something that you just kind of picked up on one day? Oh, yeah, I always sung listening to the radio and stuff. I mean, everyone around here sings to anything that's on sort of thing. So I think it was something I just did. And then I, as I play guitar, you know, I'd sing the odd time by myself sort of thing, never for anyone. And then I finally got the nerve to do it, I guess, in front of people and it went, went well enough to keep doing it. And how much uh, convincing for yourself did that take to actually go into that talent show and actually get up in front of people to sing? Uh, it wasn't too bad. More of the, more of the encouraging went on from, you know, my mom, especially when, especially the odd time when I would be nervous for a show or something, she'd always kind of be the one to there tell me like, you know, you can do it. Like if I, if I didn't want to do it sort of thing. So. <laughs> and it was 13 when you played your first show. And I heard you talk about playing in a restaurant right by the kitchen door, kind of tucked in the corner, no one paying attention. So how did that start? Was it you sort of reaching out and wanting to do that? Or were your parents encouraging you to go do that? Or how did that all work out? Yeah, I actually, I, I kind of just had the idea. I wanted to start playing for people. I wanted to, it was, I was kind of at an age where, you know, I would, was thinking about getting a summer job, that sort of thing. So instead of that, I wanted to play music. I wanted to play as much as I could see if I could get paid for it and I did make a few hundred bucks every every now and then and play for you know two two to four hours wherever I could so I do that pretty much all summer and how many songs did you have to have in your repertoire to be able to play that long well back then when when I when I played like my first show I only knew like 10 songs and I just played them over and over again sort of thing. <laughs> okay. you know new people come in whatever but right. man by the after a year of doing it, you learn so many songs. I probably had 40 or so songs I just remembered. So I'd sit there and just play as many as I knew. And if I ran out, I'd start at the top. <laughs> so was there a lot of time at home, like in your bedroom, learning those? Or was it a lot of just stage time and working them out while you were performing? No, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time at home uh, learning them. I, I didn't really, I never really sit down to learn songs i would kind of just find songs that i you know whatever i was listening to at the time and i'd be like oh i like this song i want to play this song and i kind of figure it out on my guitar start singing it and sing it for a couple of days and it'd be ready to go so i'd learn you know a few songs a week that sort of thing whenever whenever i was playing the guitar so did it all come pretty natural to you both the guitar playing and the singing i mean it definitely took a while I, it's not i never i never picked up the guitar and was just good at playing it it took you know, I, I started guitar lessons when I was six or seven and started learning, you know, the, the odd song here and there, a couple chords here and there. And then I just kept wanting to learn more and I kept playing all the time. Like I never, I would never sit down to practice. I would just come home and the first thing I would do is pick up my guitar. And I would, before, when I was waiting for my brother, and my sister to be ready to go to school, I'd be sitting on the couch playing the guitar in the morning. You know what I mean? It was just kind of what I always did. So I feel like, I feel like I naturally loved it just that much that I wanted to always do it, you know? And what did your grandpa think when you started 
to really play and, and started to sing. What did he think of your talent after all those, those years of you sitting beside him and, and watching him? Did the tables kind of turn and he was able to sort of sit there and watch you? I mean, I, I hope he definitely liked it. He definitely watched me all the time, especially when we went out and visited all of them out West. Like my mom would always make a nice big dinner and we'd all hang out and I'd sing songs for at least an hour or so. And he'd sit right there and watch. And, you know, when we go and hang out, we'd go up to his room and me and him would play songs for, you know, 30 minutes or however long we played before, before everyone started calling us back, that sort of thing. So did you have any songs that were yours the two of you that you would always play Johnny Cash, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, we played a lot of Johnny Cash. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one of, I always used to play walk the line for him and he'd sing along with me. And how special are those moments? Like, is he still around? Uh, no, he passed away a while ago. Now I was in about grade eight at that time. Okay. So how lucky do you feel to have had those moments with him? Oh, really lucky. I, I, I was very fortunate to get to know all my grandparents very well. And let's talk about what was it, 2017 when, or 2016 when you sort of hooked it up with Wax Records? Yeah, it must have been that. I was playing a show at a hotel that the owner, Jamie Appleby, was staying at. And he saw me and we got to talking. And I, it was kind of my first introduction to writing songs with other people, kind of really getting into it. And you know, yeah, I'd say that was 2017. And were you, what, 16 then? I think so. I, Yeah, it would have been the summer, so I would have been 16. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what did he see, like, in your initial conversations? Did he kind of talk to you about what he saw in you? And, like, at that point, were you still just playing all covers? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, was, I hadn't written any songs of my own, really, at the time. And at least nothing that I would play, for sure. <laughs> Uh, he pretty much just said, you know, I love your sound. You sound awesome. You're really comfortable sitting here. And I would love to talk to you. I'd love for you to come by and at least play a few songs for us. And so I did that. And pretty much a week later, I started working with their artists. And I've been doing the same thing ever since. Yeah, exactly. And what was that like at 16? Did you realize what that opportunity was? Or was it just something that you were doing? Oh, well, I knew, I, I mean, I knew that I always wanted to do music. I knew I wanted to be a musician and it seemed at the time and still does seem like it was the best step I could have taken. And so I took it back then and I'm glad I did now. And was there a moment that you can remember uh, even, you know, before Wax Records where you had that thought of this is what I want to do. This is what I want to pursue. This is what I want my career to be. Oh, yeah, that's why I started playing shows when I was 13. I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to go pump gas at the mar marina, you know, go bag groceries at some store. I'm going to go sing songs for the people, you know, tell them what's got to be said. You know? <laughs> and so you graduate and talk about that transition, because I've heard you talk about sort of almost the depression that hit because your friends were sort of all going out into the world and you were following a much different path as a musician and, and staying home and following that dream. So talk about that transition and the difficulty and sort of how you were able to navigate that. Well, I think it's always tough. I mean, you know, not just for me, but for anyone leaving, leaving the, the only thing they kind of knew, going to school every day, getting up at whatever, 6, 6.25 in the morning and getting your 
friggin' cereal eating and all that nonsense. <laughs> you're so used to that and, and you leave that comfortability and it, I don't know, you get, you get those feelings you never, you never felt before that feeling of, you know, I have to do something now. I have to not just do what they tell me to do. I have to go out and figure out what I want to do and, and make it happen for myself. And so I think that's, I think that's kind of heavy at, you know, a young age, I think leaving school at what you're, I was 17 at the time. That's, that's stressful, man. You know, leaving, leaving, especially going and doing music and nobody else is doing, especially here. Nobody's doing country music, that sort of thing. So I think it just took a little bit of getting used to and getting comfortable reaching out to people. I don't know, trying new things, that sort of thing, you know. And did it help sort of having that Wax Records family? And at that point, you were starting to write. So were you able to sort of put that emotion into songs at that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think I've always, even even as soon as I started writing, there's always, you're always putting emotion into songs. But I was, it's always good to have the, the Wax family, writing with the Wax family, writing with myself, writing with anyone I can, that sort of thing. And you released Letting Go was your first single. But before that, on your Instagram, I saw in February of 2017, you were down in Nashville playing for some uh, in radio industry professionals. How did that all come about? That you were down there at that point, really before you had any uh, music released? I went with Wax, actually. At, at that point, I, I pretty much just started working with them. And there was a show they were putting on down in Nashville. There was, I forget what was going on down there. There was, there was a bunch of people from the industry kind of all hanging out down there. And Wax was putting on a show with a few of their country artists. And I'd been working with them for a little while. So they took me down and I played, I think, two, two or three songs or something. It was actually the first time I ever went to Nashville. That was a long time ago. Yeah, and what was that like, that experience in Nashville and, and the times that you've gone down since? Is that a pretty big eye-opener for someone from Toronto where there's not much country music to going down to Nashville where that's all it is? I think it was definitely awesome. I, I mean, I was, you know, 16 at the time. I was a young lad for sure. So I, I, I wasn't allowed to go in anywhere. I didn't get to go and watch the live music I saw from the streets and you know, oh, okay. you see the odd cowboy walking around, driving a truck, whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it was really fun for me to go down there, and especially Nashville. Everyone knows what Nashville is. I think it was really special for me to go down there with my folks. My mom and dad came down with me, and they watched me play there, and they watched people clap at the end, and they watched people enjoy what I had to offer. So I think that was, I think that was really special, especially at the time. Does it give you a different perspective of maybe what it takes to make it in the industry outside of Canada? and the different things you might have to do if you want to break into that market? I, I think so. I mean, I, I definitely haven't been down there in a while and I haven't spent as much time there, especially in the last, you know, year or so, two years, two years, even I've been there like two years and a half. I think, you know, breaking into that kind of market takes a lot of being down there. So we'll see what the next few years have to hold. I'd love to spend as much time down there as I can. I've been trying to go down there for a while, actually. So. Right. And in 2017, late 2017, you released your first single, Letting Go. When you released that, what was your feeling around it? Because that was that was a co-write of yours, correct? Yeah, I wrote it with a buddy, Brian, of mine. And we I we sat on that song for not too long, actually. I think I think we wrote that the summer before we released it. I was 
especially after we released it, you know, you never know, especially for being my first song. That's it's hard. It's, it's funny to see it gets a lot of people just liked it. You know, I got a lot of streams and you put it out expecting, you know, a few hundred people, your mom and dad will listen, whatever. And <laughs> so was, I, I was really happy with the response from that song. And I think it really encouraged me to keep going and putting out more songs. And because of the feelings you had when you left high school and maybe that anxiety of what's next, when you're releasing that song, what were your feelings? Because it's your first piece of music that's going out into the world. So is, the, is there anxiety wrapped around that or was it just an exciting feeling for you when that was going out into the world? Oh, it was, you know, I, I think, I, I think, I mean, I'm nervous every time I release songs. I'm nervous every time I get on stage. So I think it was, you know, the same feeling I always get. Is it going to do well or is, is it going to not do well? Right. And so in, it was two-ish years and you released Home, the three-song EP. Now I read that you had played Home. Was it Boots and Hearts in 2018? The first yeah. time that you played Home? I think so. Uh, yeah, probably would have been. And you talked about just the response of that. And by the end of the song, people were singing it back to you. Oh, yeah. When we, I guess that would, would have been 2018. We, we brought these two trucks in actually to the back of, um... oh, no, they, they weren't singing. Then I actually hadn't written home yet then. So the first year I played, I think it was, was it 2018? It must have been 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. And I played, we, I didn't play on one of the stages. We brought, they did this show with uh, Country 104. We put on this show in the, kind of campground area we brought a couple of trucks in and me and my band did a sort of oh, small okay. show, a few songs there and then the next year i played on the front porch stage and yeah I, I played home there i think for the first time at least in front of a lot of people and man it was awesome and it would it would have been five months or so since i released it and everyone was singing the words everyone was you know having a good time the entire time and as i was playing more and more people kept coming it was something else for sure <laughs> And that's got to be a pretty cool feeling because it was only two years removed from your first single and, you know, what, three or four years removed from the moment you knew you wanted to make music a career. So when you have those moments, do you sort of look back and realize it or is it a feeling of this is cool, but what's next? Yeah, it's a feeling of, uh, you know, I, I've, you always you always appreciate and acknowledge what you've got and what's happened to you. Um, of course, but especially at this stage, I'm always, always looking to get a step further ahead and keep on pushing as far as I can go, that sort of thing. And in 2019, you released diamonds and dust and it feels like that album was very personal. You had sounds of home 16 and brothers. Now were those very autobiographical for you or were they just did they just happen to sort of have that feeling wrapped around them i mean i think so though that record i i those songs were some of the first songs i'd ever written same as the records before i hadn't even been doing too much songwriting so i think i think that was that that's me as my first kind of introduction to songwriting and my first introduction to making music sort of thing so i think that definitely definitely tells a story for sure and what was the songwriting like? Because you're going from not being a songwriter to all of a sudden going with Wax Records and writing with these established writers. So what was that process like for you in just getting integrated into that world of songwriting? 
Um, it was it, it was a lot of learning. It was a lot of following along and kind of learning my place in the in the writing room in the kind of where I stand as a songwriter. Even you know today all the time every every day I get better and better at writing songs. Or you know obviously some days you have bad songs and some days you have good songs. But <laughs> you know especially now I feel like I'm growing a lot as a songwriter and I feel like I I feel like everyone keeps doing that if if they're a songwriter that is. So. And then coming into 2020 did that give you a chance to really hone your skills personally because maybe you weren't doing as many co-writes and you had a lot of time just to sit around and write yourself i think so i mean i've, I've always i've always spent a lot of time by myself writing i mean since i've been doing it of course outside of sessions inside sessions uh definitely being inside the last you know year has given me a lot of time to sit down and play my guitar and get a lot better at it and definitely a lot of songs have come out of it so yeah for sure and 2020 going in to thank her for that were you really focusing on you know putting something out there that you were trying to make a radio hit like it was like okay now's the time to push hard and get a song out there that will do well yeah i i especially when we wrote it, even the, the day it was written, I knew it was had to be a single. I really felt it was going to connect well with people. And I'm really glad it did. And what's it like getting a song out to radio as opposed to, you know, just getting it into the virtual world? It's a special feeling. It's a really, it's a really big sort of piece of validation for me, especially. I, I've always loved the radio. I've listened to the radio a lot and it's something else to be, you know, I've gone to, the odd radio interview and they tell me it's going to be on at four or whatever and I'll be driving home and I'll throw it on and hear myself but there's something about driving around or I you know have a little radio in my room and I'll listen to the radio every now and then and there's something about just hearing yourself on the radio and you don't know it's going to come that's really special. So. so is it a really good thing these days in that you don't necessarily have to put it to radio because in the virtual world like with Spotify and Apple, you have all these playlists that you can get picked up on. And is that almost the same amount of exposure as you're going to get on the radio these days? I hope so. I mean, I take as much exposure as I can and I count. I definitely count radio as a big part of it, especially with the market that's involved with it. That's what's going to get me, you know, streams, of course, but that helps get you a lot of shows, a lot of uh, promotional aspects of it but definitely definitely especially for me i've been so fortunate with streaming and especially with the demographic i hope to appeal to and i am part of <laughs> stream a lot of music i mean i listen to apple music all day so i think that's definitely definitely the, a key a key factor in the process right and you were the uh, amazon breakthrough artist in september of last year and you had your little clip on social media, so sort of talking to Alexa and hearing her mention you. What oh, is yeah. that experience like? Oh, that was awesome. And, and Amazon's awesome. They've been so good to me. And that was, that was something else that was really fun to do. And I was really lucky to be part of that. So. And now coming into 2021 with the new EP, you have You Make Me Wanna, which is the new single. That's a, a very produced song. You know, it's a, a radio single. And then you have the two other songs, I believe, on the EP. Yes, sir. Um, that are just very stripped down. 
so was the plan all along to put out an EP or did you have the single and then you just had a couple of other songs ready that you just wanted to throw on just to make it an EP? Well, I've been doing so much writing in the last little while, obviously being inside this whole time doing nothing else. Uh, yeah, nothing but song, right? So I've, I've had so many songs and I, it's so hard to put all of them. It's so hard to choose a few. And, uh, you know, you make me want to, we came up with that song and, immediately just like thank her for that i was like this this is the song i want to put out to radio i knew it had to go and took a while to choose the other songs i wanted to put on there and i you know decided i really just want to put on a couple of acoustic songs i haven't been able to play shows i haven't been able to do anything so i went to the studio just me and my guitar kind of something i just love to do and i lay down those two songs and release them and i thought you know people might like this people might might give them the feeling they're sitting down and front of a one-man show listening to some songs you know how important has the sort of virtual world been over the past year because i heard another artist talking about the fact that usually when they're working on music they're going to throw it into a show they're going to get the fan reaction but now you don't have that opportunity you're kind of putting it on an album and the first time people are hearing it is on that album but I know for you, you're putting a lot of stuff out on social media of the songs you've been working on. So is that a positive thing to have? And is it a nerve wracking thing to do in putting those raw songs out there when you haven't really had a chance to work on them? You're just throwing them out to the world. Um, it's not, it's not as much uh, nerve wracking as it is. Uh, you know, you, the, the virtual world has become, the world these days it's 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 all we live on it's how we talk to each other it's how we're doing this right now and I think putting those little bits of songs out is something I would have done if I was playing shows you know I would have played you know I would have had the band up there I would have told them to sit down for a second and I would have played a couple of songs just me and my guitar and I think putting that out on social media is well it's all I can do right now and I think it's something that I hope people enjoy and it's something I enjoy doing it's got to be a much different feeling though. Cause when you're at a show and you play them for the first time, you get that reaction right away, but when they're online, you don't necessarily get the reaction except for in the comments. So does that give you a little bit of nerves and not being able to really see what people's reactions are? Oh, I mean, it, it gives you nerves. It kind of gives you a, you're just unsure of how it's being received, but I just try not to worry about it. And, you know, the odd person always says something nice. So I take that and I'm always happy with that. And how does it feel with the steps you've taken? Because it's been a really short time and you've really done a lot of great things like playing Boots and Hearts. You played the uh, CCMAs. You're going to be playing the CMA Ontario Awards coming up. Yes, sir. You've had all these great experiences. Does it hit? Like when you're playing like the CCMAs, I noticed, you know, your names and lights, you're performing. Does that just feel like another show or does it feel like it's a step in the right direction, a step in your career? Do you sort of feel that when you're doing it? Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like everything I do is a step in the right direction. I mean, music that is, but, you know, it's the, it's the best I can do and I'll do anything I can, especially these days. So being 20 and 
already having this success and moving forward, you know, you only have to work harder and harder to get that success. So when you look at it, do you see it as a positive or does it sort of create that same anxiety that coming out of high school did in the fact that you're still young and you maybe don't get to live that young, crazy life that other people your age do because you sort of have to grow up quick in the industry because you can't fool around. If you want this, you got to work for it. So what is that feeling like for you in the next few years and sort of maybe having to grow up a little bit quicker? Oh, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, I've always been pretty good at balancing my time and making sure, you know, I get what I need to get done. And I always, I always work hard at everything I do. I work during the days, especially these days. And so that just means I need to put more and more time later at night and on the weekends into music. And I'm more than happy to do it. And where is the music going? You've had, just EPs out so far. So with all the writing you've been doing this year, when you're able to sort of get back in a studio and, and do things properly, are you planning on getting an album, a full album out at any point? I've been thinking, you know, maybe I'll do another EP or something. I, I could put out a bunch of songs. I could always do that, but I find, you know, especially when you look at the streams and stuff, not, not all the songs really get listened to the odd person listens to the ones down at the bottom, that sort of thing. So I feel like if I, if I put out a full album, there's be, there'll be too many songs on there that don't get heard. And I feel like, especially, you know, I, I don't know. I, I always feel special about my songs for some reason. So it makes, it makes you nervous to put out them all because you know, they won't all get listened to, you know? Right. Yeah. So is that a positive thing about how you can do it these days? You can just throw out a single every month or two over 12 months rather than putting out 12 songs and writing it out for 12 months. I I think so. I, I've, I've never done it any other way. I mean, I would, you know, if I could, if I could put out a record that was out on a piece of violence, people would go and buy it in the stores. Then I would definitely take that over, over all the streaming and all that. But times have changed, you know.